The Josh Palad. The Jewish baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Jewish baby. Just Mazel. Mm-mm. Mazel. Mazel. You know, they, you know, like, With two L's. Yeah, they'd have to like do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we good to go? Ma triple Z ill. Uh, ma, tri- <laughs> ma XXX ill. <laughs> All right. Let me shut off some of the nonsense. So, someone and said. Someone said, "Hey guys, hey you hoes out there, welcome back to House Ho. Thank you for sticking around. Off the top, um, if you're back, we're we're almost at ten episodes. This is episode nine. Yay! We never thought we'd make it this far. So please continue to support this podcast by subscribing and share with your friends. I appreciate everyone so far that has uh." Come on, and today we have a very special guest and friend, comedian and host of the Mac Almanac, Mr. Josh Pallet. Thank you. Hi, it's such an honor to be here, Ani. Thank you for coming and hanging out and bringing a a, a palette of, of different things to taste. Mm, yeah, seasonal. Seasonal things to taste, because you know I'm a seasonal hoe. Yes. And, and because you also listened to the episode... With Kevin, right. um, you will find out that I was the only one that was being seasonal on that episode. So I appreciate you, right. you coming in, yeah. one upping him. You're you're a pumpkin type of person. Yeah, spice. Yeah, these are flannel flavored. <laughs> <laughs> it's flannel flavored. It tastes exactly like flannel. It does. It tastes like a burnt <laughs> shirt. The first one does. We're only one in, so Bud Light. You can make it up. Right? Yeah, we we tasted the toasted marshmallow. Toasted marshmallow, and um. What it tastes it? like a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they say like you taste burnt almonds, right? Half. I thought it was gasoline. I can't feel my left side. <laughs> Either way, that's what it tastes like. <laughs> you know, we should do it like a, a torture thing, like how, try to get someone drunk strictly off this flavor it's without vomiting. Haunted house, ho. Haunted house. It's. It tastes like vomit. It tastes like my <laughs> my new puppy ate it. You know what it tastes it like? It it tastes like a candle. It it does taste like a candle. It tastes it, like a candle. Like if you're like you go to one of those bed baths and beyonds yeah. and you're tempted, you're like, oh, it smells so good, and you bite into the candle. <laughs> you sniff just a little too they've, hard. They've managed to can that. So go out and get yourself some. Yeah, I, and if you don't want to go there or eat candles, you could buy my candles yeah. at animushmedia.com or on my Etsy store. Thank what, you. Is your, what's your Etsy store called? It's called Buy Moosh. Buy Moosh. Yeah, so the it, very easy to remember if you right. follow my Instagram page, right. buy underscore moosh, where you see all of my art and things. Mm. Um, but I opened that at this point uh, when this episode is coming out. It'll be about a month now. Coincidentally, your OnlyFans is Buy Moosh <laughs> also. <but> it's B-I-Moosh. <laughs> Oh, I wish I was that creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I wanted, every time you're here, I feel like I learned something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted, A, for you to come on and maybe talk a little bit about 
A, you're you're a comic. Yep. So how how did you even get here? Okay. And then I have rapid fire questions mm. for you, but no rush. Okay. Let's start with you're a comic. How'd you get here? I was born a comedian. You're born a comedian. I was. I wanted to be a comedian since the time I was a little kid. That's so cool. I used to do impressions. I used to be inappropriate. I do everything I do now, except it took me up until four years ago to get on stage and do it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And before that, uh, did you just think that comedy wasn't like a job or an option? No, I did everything to do stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. I did everything but it. So I did improv for like, did. for like six or seven years. Is that where you like kind of started in entertainment? Um, Your entertainment journey, if you will. Well, yeah, I mean, I did like, I started acting. I wanted to be a comedian, so I wanted to get up in front of people. So I figured, let me just get comfortable performing. So yeah. I did like sketch comedy and everything else. But And then I ended up just doing stand-up when I was supposed to be doing like improv and yeah. everything else. So I just turned everything else into <laughs> stand-up comedy and I got in trouble, but everybody in the audience liked it and then eventually I got into stand-up. Yeah, was there was there like a, a thing that happened that in your life where you're like, okay, now I'm getting on stage or like a person who held you accountable? Yeah, yeah, my, uh, my, my child's mother. Oh wow. She destroyed my life. <laughs> she destroyed my, no she did, she destroyed my life, you know, you live and you have like a perception of yourself and an ego and that's in comedy you cannot have an ego right. at all you can't give a shit what people think about you mm -hmm. so basically when her and i split up and torture like fighting over my kid and destroying my name in the streets stealing all my friends i had nothing left to lose yeah you know you can't like dr phil said you can't fall off the floor <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Right. Yeah. I when you said that you were born a comic, um, everybody who says that there's definitely something that's uh, their whole life, their whole upbringing has been comedic. Comedic. Right. Um, do you feel that way? Of course. <laughs> my <laughs> life. I mean, I know these things. My, <laughs> my, my father. My father was an Israeli gangster. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> transvestite uh, prostitute pimp. Oh my Strip God. club owner. That's very specific. Well, I didn't find that out until my mother was moving out of my apartment when I was like 16 or 17. Wow. And, and there, was a, there was this like decorative macrame, something like you would make on yeah. the wall, you yeah. know? And I Literally the thing hanging in my, the room. Yeah, but my grandmother makes those things. Mm -hmm. So I figured it was another one of her things. And my mother was like, do you want this thing? And I was like, no. I was like, she's like, all right, so throw it in the garbage. I was like, I was like, but that's that's Bubbies. We can't throw Bubbies' beautiful macrame in the garbage. And she's like, that's not your Bubbies. That was one of your father's uh, transvestite prostitutes made that for us when we moved in here. And I was like, that's the sweetest thing in the world. <laughs> it's really nice. Who knew that she had other skill sets? Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, <laughs> so, I mean, growing up, my dad was completely fucking crazy. My mm -hmm. mother was completely nuts. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're they're children of holocaust survivors so like yeah. you know they got the trauma from world war ii yeah which makes them crazy mm -hmm. and the jewish generational trauma that we all have and now and now we do comedy to, yeah. to compensate for i that. grew up in like the armenian equivalent right so you know exactly without the prostitutes and the trans you know but with all of course because there's no prostitute 
no prostitution in Armenia. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it just the transgenerational sort of trauma and different things, like, I think makes you a comic. Because you, when you're growing up in the um, environment, you don't realize that those things are weird mm-hmm. and that, like, other families don't have these fights or, like, have right. to tap things, like, a few times or, like, you know, lock the doors at a certain hour or whatever, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, like rituals and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, that's all because survival, you know, they're, right. like, you know, from being kid, all, all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? But anyways, pff, gave me a dark sense of humor. Yeah. 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 So w- was, was it dark growing up, Bonnie? Not really, but, like, my no. dad has dark stories that he just tells. Would he, sh- he would share he would them share with you? He would share them, yeah, yeah. And my my grandfather was an uh, Armenian genocide survivor. Right. was orphaned and right. all that. My dad grew up in war. And so it would be like stories like, and then they lock us all in barn and light barn And on then fire. I saw a toddler get run over by a tank. Like Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it died? Yeah. 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 It's... <laughs> I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. It was actually a balloon animal. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... Um, okay, so you things happened with your child's mother, right? And where did you where did you walk into and decide you, I'm going to talk about something on stage? Um, where did I walk into? Well, I I took it's so embarrassing to admit it, but I took one of these stand up comedy classes in the city. Did you really? I did. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I, I would never think that you would take a comedy class. Well, just because you're a funny human. I know, and it, it was totally pointless, you know. But like when you if you want to do something in life, you figure out any way yeah. to get there, you know? Yeah. And I just didn't know how the fuck to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I, you know, I didn't know, like, just do I just walk into a mic, yeah. you know? And that's basically all you really have to do. I'm surprised in all of your, like, doing improv or acting or anything, right. there wasn't anyone that was just, like, related to comedy that you were like, hey. Yeah, well, that was you the know? thing, is when you're doing, like, sketch and improv and Every time I would do something with like a real comic, mm-hmm. or to me at the time was a real comic, mm-hmm. you know, I would be enthralled and amazed at yeah. them. You know that they have the, the guts to do it, and they and they're fucking doing it, and, and they're doing what I want to fucking do. Yeah. And then I hang out with them, I'd be like, I'm so much fucking funnier than this jerk off. <laughs> and then the self loathing comes in that you're just a pussy and a loser, that you're too scared to do what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think um, this is what I wanted to get your take on too. Yeah. So just a weird segue. Um. And a high shower thought today that all relationships are the same. It just depends on how vulnerable you want to be. Mm. Does that make sense? Do you mean in like a, a romantic relationship? Sure. So let's use that as like an example okay. because I think the principle can be applied otherwise. But let's just say, um, okay, so obviously I think from like a women's perspective, right? So most, a lot of my friends, uh, date or are married to people uh, that are either like firemen or cops or whatever that are gone for like number of days because of shifts and then okay. they come back, right? So you get to miss them. Right. You know? Uh, and then you get to have time spent with them and that's what that is. Okay. And you, it, not that you have to be like vulnerable in those positions, but it's very possible that they could leave one day and not come home. Because mm. of their job. Okay. Right? And then I think about, because uh, Irish and I are in an open relationship, and that requires you to be very vulnerable. Right. And it, 
we work and live together. Right. So it's not that I don't have like time to miss him or whatever, but like I'm just using us as an There's example. There's just no way that he can't come home. Well, if he come, I just know, would know if he was cheating on me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But there's there's no reason for him to cheat because we're open and I know right. these things. He right. tells me, I tell him, yada, yada, yada. Right. But that requires a different level of vulnerability because a lot of the times I get like comments, not that I don't care, but a lot of questions on like mm. that type of relationship. Okay. And I, ju- I think it's the same. It just, I, he could... If he didn't come home one day, then I would have to start over the same way if anybody right. else's... Right, or if he died, yeah, right, 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 or if he left you. Right. Basically, what you're saying is that love isn't real. <laughs> That's basically what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying. That was the thought that you had. But no... You were basically saying you pick the person, you choose them, because you're saying you're, it's how vulnerable you want to be. That, love is a choice. It's yeah. 100% a choice. And if you want to be with that person in any capacity is a choice. It's just whether or not you trust them Mm -hmm. and your relationship that you build or whatever. And (laughs) I was like, what are you going for? Um, This one's yours, actually. Here, we're at Apple Crisp. We're at Apple Crisp. Cheers. It tastes tastes like... um, like hot apple cider that's gone flat, and then they add bubble, bubbles to it. Oh, Jesus Try it. Christ. It's really not a win so far. We're down. L'chaim. L'chaim. Anyways. Hey, babe, we're talking about you. It's really bad. It's, I, I, just, I just went right past it. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a caramel note in there? I don't know what the hell that is, man. It, it's they, not good. I think they take the, <laughs> the seltzer, and they put like a dirty flannel shirt in it. Yeah, That's why they, call it they had whoever was brewing it sweat in the flannel mm-hmm. shirt, and then they stuck it in so Irish, to marinate. Irish walked in. We were just talking about how love isn't real. I was just talking about how, and I, you don't have to comment, but I know you will. Sure, why not? Let's let's get your take too. I I think every relationship is the same. It just depends on how vulnerable you choose to be and how much you trust the other person. So, for instance, the example I was giving is. Someone could be married to a service man, a civil servant, where they are gone for various amounts of days. They have time to miss them, whatever. They come back. They come back healthy and alive, thankfully, right? But they could very well not. Someone who's in the army, whatever, very well could come back and not be, not be there anymore. Right. The same thing in or an mutilated. open relationship where I know... If you're going to go off and do something or if you if I'm going to go off and do something and you trust and I trust that we're going to come back and it's the we're going to be back in this relationship and it's all good. And that just depends on how vulnerable at the beginning we decided to be. Like mm. not everybody has the capacity to do that. It's just a different level of vulnerability. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know what the fuck you just said. <laughs> Am I sucking right now? No, I just, I, I, it felt, I was like confused that entire time. And then the last <laughs> little diddly of what you said, I was like, okay. But like, that seemed like an entirely different thought than what you were saying. I'm but saying I would say, that it's, it's sure, not. Whatever you set it up at, it's all about what you set it up as in yeah. the beginning. Mm. Yeah. I have a question. So you guys are in an open relationship. Yeah. So you're both aware if you go outside of your inner circle. Correct. Would you, and this is both for both of you individually, are you okay going with someone who's cheating on somebody else who's not in an open relationship? Mm. Uh, 
I don't really give a fuck, but uh, <laughs> it, I, I, I will say it. I, I would like to know that. Okay, so like perfect example, right? Like if it's like, bitch is like, oh yeah, I'm cheating on my boyfriend. But like boyfriend is a big scary motherfucker who's got out of prison. Okay, so like, depending yeah, on the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I to, like as, if I look at him, I go like, okay, he doesn't look like he's gonna snap and shoot and kill me. Right. I wouldn't. You never know who will, man. Because if it's not me, this is my buddy Dirty Mike said this once. He's like, if it ain't you, it's gonna be someone else. Mm. Yeah. You might as well. Well, uh, that I I agree with. However, me personally, I, I'm just at the point where. I've been in that position before, and I just don't feel like ever being in that again or having any karma come back to me. Mm. I don't know. You're a spiritual person. I am. Do you believe in karma? Yeah, my girlfriend left me a few days ago. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah Saturday night. Over the dog? Yeah, you guys remember what happened oh, last yeah. Stop. Are we allowed to talk about this? Sure, absolutely. Oh, my God. Don't worry. It's a good ending. Oh, my God. It's a good ending. I sent her. I got her deported back to her country. Shut the fuck up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea about this before I started talking to you about this, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know, the Are best part good? is fucking Kevin saw her packing up and didn't tell me. Because oh. I was performing in a in this uh, we had a weed show on Saturday night. That's how much fun. he respects your comedy, dude. Yeah. That he, he's, and he, and he, he doesn't tell he doesn't tell me till we're leaving the show and he's like I can't wait for him to come here later but, but hold <laughs> but this is the thing we were at this is a show it's a vendor show so I'm on like a billion milligrams of edibles I'm oh, stoned shit. I had a killer set it was a good show like yeah. you know I'm on a high I me and Kevin split up after the train he tells me on the train like yo I, I didn't want to tell you but you know your girl was packing up and stuff and I was like eh whatever I was like we'll get over it you know so him and I split up I go to the fucking candy store i get some water and shit i buy her her favorite potato chips i get in the house i'm all stoned i'm like all right we haven't spoken in like three days it's time to make up like i i'm looking around the house and kevin walks up to me he's like there's a note for you on the table dude and i'm like how the fucking i go and you know what i say to him i go did you read it he goes yeah i'm like you (laughs) fucking piece of shit she left me a dear john note in highlighter okay it's fucking in highlighter oh uh, women still leave what color what color what color yellow i think uh, colorblind i don't know it's either yellow or green I couldn't wow, no it, so matter- it matters because yellow you can't see the most like yeah. in the le- in the letters white paper and yeah it, w- it was it was <laughs> no. she took the dog disappears no with the fucking and, and honestly all this happened because i went and got the world's cutest dog in the world yeah. and i gave her that and, and same thing happened with my kid my kid came out beautiful blue-eyed baby my ex was like i don't need this fucking dickhead anymore i got a blue-eyed baby <laughs> i give my fucking new girlfriend a beautiful blue-eyed white husky doesn't fucking need me anymore question your money you pay for the dog yeah call the police it's she your dog your all right, let's get to the end of the story <laughs> because it, because believe me, if I was such a you know contemptuous person, I would I would do terrible things. But I kind of told her like, you better not steal my fucking dog. So anyway, I get home, she's gone. Then I was like, where's my cat? I thought she stole my cat too, no, dude, man. Not the eighteen year old yeah. cat, dude. He's a gangster. Nah, she didn't steal him though. Jesus. And then I was like, why didn't you take him? That's fucked up. He's not he's not worthy <laughs> of your love. Enough. What the fuck? <laughs> And then oh, it was such a bad night. And I called her, and I'm fucking drunk and high, and I'm like, "What are you? F- I, I could, I was so, I was so fucking. 
I was in such. I mean, listen, we did not talk for three days, and she did sleep in the other bedroom for three days. But that's no reason, baby. Come on. The fucking <laughs> drama queen. Three days is like it's fine, dude. You live together, and you're. She was becoming Jewish. Well, that was the thing, also, like. Man, wait, wait, wait. Way, what if dodged she dodged a bullet on hold that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, well, A, dodged a bullet. Remember, you said we te- fucking cost you 10 grand? I, I, listen, you think I didn't think about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You think I didn't fucking think about that? Okay, first of all. Second of all, did you tell the rabbi yet? No. Okay. No, I told my, my very best Jewish friend. Okay. Who's also in the process of, of converting a, a Mexican girlfriend. Okay. Because he kept calling me. And he actually <laughs> called me today. I still don't pick up. And I was like, bro, I was like, I fucking, I broke up with my girlfriend. So anyway, what, what if she just moved out just because the rabbi said you weren't supposed to live together? Well, she, well, that she would ev- inevitably have to. Yeah. She well, would... what if she just did it early? Uh, oh, dude, the bitch tried to take the dog. That's oh, up. yeah. No, she left because she, she got did it a with fucking... malice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Go on. I mean, you don't make excuses for women like that. But anyway, I, I fucking I, I like called her on the phone and like you know we talked for a couple hours and then I went to sleep and then I woke up at like seven in the morning. And I was like. Oh my god, I ruined my life. Oh no. I ruined my life. No. And then uh and then she came back the next day. Okay. Yeah, she came back, man. She's back. She's back. She's back. See? Oh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't need to call it's the a... police. That's oh, thank God. That's what I meant, Irish. I didn't need to call the police. Oh, if my... she didn't show up, I would have I would have called. So now you're still spending ten grand to make her Jewish. Well, so then she came back in the house. <laughs> then she came back Can in you... the house. <laughs> she came back in the house and then I think like the dog took a big shit in the middle of the living room and like Kevin walked by and I looked at him. And I was like, I was almost scot free. I was like, I was almost free. <laughs> me and my pussy heart me- needed love. Had to have someone to love me, right? Oh my god! So, but you know, it comes back to looping back to like you, you saying it's about how much you're willing to be vulnerable and all that. Yeah, it really comes down to who are you willing to allow to quite possibly and most likely hurt you. Yeah. Because everybody who you meet in life that you allow a piece of your heart, whether it be a friend, whether it be uh, a lover, family, they're going to fucking hurt you. And it always hurts the worst when it's somebody that you allow to. But that's why the choice and love is choosing like, I know this person's going to hurt me or very likely that they will. But I love them so much. I'm forgiving them ahead of time. And that's what love is. Right. And I think that even if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out just as much one way as it does the other way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could have a perfect relationship and da-da-da-da-da, be together from high school or some shit and get divorced as someone just fucking meeting someone on the street. Like, same amount of stories I hear. It's just about being honest. Yeah. I mean, even like I think a lighter too. Even even like the most trivial shit, honest, honestly, because I can think of like I, even just in past relationships, the amount of hours I spent watching dumb shows I didn't want to fucking watch. Right. And it's like you know I get at some point like you know like every, every now and then, like at night you're like oh let's watch a show and stuff and it's like you know it's still like but I, but I'm like I'm not gonna sit through something that that is gonna make me fucking miserable like right actually made me watch like some dumb history thing that was like something I didn't give a fuck about or this or that and it's you know you you feel like obligated to like okay my partner's asking me to do this but I'm like no nah, I only have like one life dude I'm not gonna like waste <laughs> right. I'm not gonna waste an a- even an hour of it watching some dumb shit that I know I won't give a fuck I about. just feel like I, I've always my biggest thing was I don't care if the truth is painful. I would rather know the truth right. 
and and there's ways that you can deliver the truth. I'm not saying he delivers the truth perfectly every single time, mm. but I think that I would rather know the truth and be able to make a conscious decision right. based on let's have a baseline the same thing rather than like be wondering all the time. Right. Well, the fundamental of the relationship should definitely be truth, but truth is not something you always need to be with your partner. Yeah. The basis of it being honest with each other, being, you know, forthright. The core and, principles. And has to be based off truth. But being completely honest with your partner, that's not a good way to live. And, and, and yeah. you guys know I'm like a Jewish dude and like I go a lot of it based off of like Jewish philosophy. Mm-hmm. And in Jewish philosophy, like you're supposed to like care about someone's feelings. So like, you know, if someone looks like a bum, you don't go, you know, you look like a fucking bum today. You yeah. know, you compliment them like, oh, you have such nice eyes. You know, like. That that's that's what truth is. Like the most important yeah. thing is is to be kind to people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you do you feel like there was a Irish, like, oh. Irish doesn't feel like <laughs> it's okay. This is my show. <laughs> we're gonna be nice on my show. Listen, we're drinking flannel now. Okay? I know. <laughs> it's okay. We'll have. I'll definitely have some whiskey after this. But, um, okay. So where where was I going with fucking flannelness? Core principles, the same. What about these old people you see? What do you mean? Like, how does this even happen when you have these people who are together for like 50, 60 years? Dude, I don't know. They're okay with complaining to each other. Is that what it is? I don't know. (laughs) They cheat a lot. No. (laughs) Is that what it is? I mean, like, I don't think my parents have, you know. Are your parents still together? Yeah. They are? Yeah. How long are they together? 35 years All right, almost. so they're, they're an example of that. Yeah, my dad was divorced before my mom. Okay. So he's been through it. But right. my mom was like, you know, pristine coming into the relationship. She's never like... She was a virgin. Yes, a very unmarried maiden. I will take know, her. Like, uh, whatever. So <laughs> it's, it's funny, their dynamic, but... <laughs> Uh, uh, older, younger. My dad's fifteen years older than my mom. Oh, yeah. yeah, I picked her out when she was six months old. On, on my fortieth <laughs> birthday, <laughs> the, you like, will grow her. Yeah. <laughs> I will send money for food. I yeah. will pick her up in fifteen years. Age for, for... shit has never weirded me out, though. Literally because for of that. Age shit. Yeah, it's never weirded me out because of well, that. Well, I, you know, you know, I, I don't know if you remember. My stepfather is twenty-five years older than my yeah. mother. My father married, uh, you know. Women always twenty something years younger than me. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm dating a girl twelve years younger than me. There nice. you go. So, there you go. Nice. That's okay. Can we? We went we... to my son's uh, Halloween parade this morning. Oh, that's cute. And I brought uh, my hot young girlfriend and my beautiful <laughs> blue eyed dog. And I know my my son's mother was around there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He, cause I could tell, cause he was. Um, he was like nervous to like be happy to see me, the puppy, and my girlfriend. Really? Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And I was like, "It's all right, buddy. Mommy's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Look how good Daddy's doing." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the whole fight I had with my ex is because she didn't want my ex to see the new dog. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking weird. Which makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, wait. So we got all the way here because I said you're spiritual, right? Right. And <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's okay. I try to like give. Okay, I'm trying to be better with getting back. Mm. Um, because we get high sometimes. Yeah. But, um, have you been like that your whole life? What? Spiritual. I've always had a deep faith in God. 
Really? Yeah, because my life was so fucked up as a kid that I, if I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to survive. And I truly believe he carried me through every single crazy Do instance you pray in my every life. day? Every, every day. Wow. The same prayer? Or just well, I do, you I, say what's up? I do. Um, Jewish men are supposed to put tefillin on uh, on weekdays, except for Saturday, and except for certain high holidays. You know what that is, tefillin? No. It basically looks like some... Um, bondage stuff it's these le- <laughs> it's these boxes with uh, a specific prayer on the inside these are like special made things yeah but, um and then they have these leather straps on them and then you wrap them one around your arm and you wrap one around your head oh. and you say a specific prayer to god you're supposed oh. to do that at least once a day and uh so what i do is i'll do that prayer that prayer i don't do the full full version which is probably like 10 minutes i do one that's like maybe three minutes long mm-hmm. And then I and then I talk to God for like five minutes, and I pray for everybody. I pray for you guys. I pray for thank you. I pray for all of us and humanity, and and for Bud Light flannel <laughs> seltzer to come out with some better flavors. Do you feel like um, so you do the beginning of the day? Um, you're supposed to do it like in the beginning of the day, but like yeah, I do it. I do it before I leave the house. One hundred percent. Okay. Do you feel like uh, that per- like? That does something like protect you for the rest of the day. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm. Just, I'm. I'm asking for a reason. I, no, I get it. Yeah. I'm, I don't do it like I think it's a magical spell. Yeah. That now puts like a force field around me. Yeah. I feel like staying in 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 direct contact with the creator, with our creator, mm-hmm. um, gives me the superpower to accept any inevitability that life can throw at you, and life is thrown horrible things at me but yeah. when you when you're connected to the source you take it knowing that you know god is is your is your father and everything that he's giving to you even as horrible as it may be sometimes is for your best for instance you know i had that year and a half where i split with my ex she did crazy accusations against me against my mother i got a trouble with the law i got lawsuits i got uh my my cat died my grandmother died my father i mean it was just Jesus. like it was like 16 months of just like the ringer, yeah. you know? But it was that that made me say, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna go do stand-up comedy. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I, it's like, this is what I always wanted to do. I was like, I got nothing fucking else. I gotta rebuild my whole business. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I have the extra time. I was like, I'm gonna just fucking pursue what makes me happy. So that, that's what faith is. Faith is saying like, all right, even if I'm in a really shitty place, mm-hmm. I know that the other side of this is gonna be better than I was before. Yeah. I feel like, so I grew up like in the church, like in the Armenian church, but there was like a point where, and I was like Sunday school valedictorian and shit, right. like I was very into it, and then uh, there's like a, a chunk of my life that probably like a little over a decade where I just had no interest and I felt like disappointed by mm. the people <laughs> and like the things surrounding what the I organization was, yeah like right. what i was like being connected to and i yeah. think it, it it fucked with my like relationship with the universe because right. right now i have a, i feel like it's more of like a force that but i do feel like every single person that's been in my life in any capacity has been placed there right like it's not an accident right, right. and so that so that gives you b- belief that yeah. there's a higher power yeah right I, I i truly believe that you can learn something from every single person in your life they're, they're put there on purpose yeah and which is why i specifically want to like talk to people and stuff because especially the people who i feel like i learn from often right you know i right. just feel like it's really important so so your doubts and f- 
your doubts are not towards God. Your doubts are in the faith itself. I don't know if it... I don't know. I, I, listen, I, again, I'm not a religious person. Mm-hmm. I believe in, in Judaism and the fundamentals of it and the Torah and all that stuff. But I get what you're saying. Like, I've... I've the reason I started going... I, I was never religious. Mm-hmm. I didn't really go to, like, temple, or we call it shul, mm-hmm. um, up until my father died. When my father died, that's when I started going back to services. And mm-hmm. the reason is, is when... Um, when you die in Judaism, only your son, your firstborn, your firstborn son—I'm his only son, as far <laughs> as I know—can say a specific prayer. You know, I I put the tefillin on. There's another prayer. It's called Kaddish, and you—it's basically a plea to God. It's it's basically a prayer that you're just thanking the God and saying praises towards Him, and you're saying it <clears throat> in the merit of the person who passed away. Because mm-hmm. when someone dies. Their soul, Jews don't believe that, you know, you die and you go to heaven, you go to hell. We believe you go to like a purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the bad traits and the stuff that that you did that was shit while you're alive are like they're they're hanging on to you. Mm. So you they need to be ripped from you and basically this prayer is you're asking God to show favor and compassion towards it. Mm. And being that my father was a transvestite prostitute <laughs> pimp. Israeli gangster, strip club owner, you know, I thought like Jesus, not Jesus. I thought not Jesus. <laughs> I really need to go help my pops out, you know? And I didn't yeah. have a, you know, I, I didn't have a really good relationship with my father, you know. He just wasn't around growing up mm. and you know, I, part of it I feel to blame and that's just my own personal shit, but like, you know, obviously he's the adult. Yeah. Um but this was a way to somehow resolve and make up for like the lack of what existed while he was alive. Yeah, um, that's really nice, by the way, that you do thank that. You. Thanks. That's very nice. Thanks. Oh, funny about my dad. Uh, I, I was going to send it to you guys. I forgot to. Hmm. You know what I found two days ago? I was someone. I was talking to someone about my father about my dad's business. So I went and I duck, duck, goad. Uh, my father's name, because you know, there's crazy shit my dad has done in his life. Yeah, I found his uh, patent application for his human sex robot. What? <laughs> you know, he made full. He made the. He had these dolls Are you made up. Serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In two thousand and five, in two thousand four, he made them. In two thousand five, he applied for the app, for the for the patent app. But he made these full size because my dad was in the porn industry, so like yeah. he, he knew these porn stars, and he had like. I only remember one of their names. It was a guy. His name was Dale DeBone. So he had like a Dale DeBone doll, and he had this other, like two other female characters, and they had an MP3 player built in their back, and when you would have sex with them, it would moan in the voice of the what porn star. What year was this patent? The, yo, this fuck, he was a fucking innovator. He created, the, these things were du- made in like 2003, 2004, but the patent app is from 05, I think. Yeah, he had some like- Wow. Little factory in China making- That's insane. Yeah. He also made um, he made uh, this thing called Play Dolls XXX, and they were basically Barbie dolls of strippers. <laughs> they were like three quarter Barbie doll strippers. Oh my god! He thought this was going to be the newest thing, and he used to, and you know I used to be a stockbroker with like these Fugazi stockbrokers, and he used to ask me to go and pitch these lunatics oh my his god. bullshit. <laughs> oh you know? my god. I could just imagine he's like tinkering away and he's got a sex <laughs> He's like, he's welding in the middle of the night. Joshi, Joshi, I make, come here, pass me your Libya. I need the living. 
He's got a cigarette. Olivia, 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 Joshua, Olivia. <laughs> An unlit cigarette yeah. just hanging out of his mouth. A toothpick on the other side. <laughs> there's a there's a video on YouTube. My father paid for this promotional video. He had this other business idea where he he bought this thing called Las Vegas Hotline. Can we watch this on the Mac you can. Almanac? You can. We'll watch on the Mac Almanac. <laughs> yeah. It's called LV Hotline, and basically, it was a website promoting Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But by the time like he created it and it came out, it looked like it was 15 years old. You know, it looked like 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 pre MySpace shit. You know, and I remember and like I'm not a, a genius, but I'm like a, I was a pretty savvy dude, and yeah. I worked in investments. And he would like tell me these ideas, and I was like, this is the stupidest fucking thing. And it would be retro and cool now. Yeah, yeah, now it would be. He bought. He ended up because my dad was in the nightclub business and everything in the 80s. There used the there used to be a thing called a hotline. So yeah. like you know you. I needed to a weed hotline. You'd call up like, "Where's all the weed spot?" Yeah. And that was the hotline. But nobody knows what a fucking hotline ex- <laughs> up until what's his name came out hotline with bling. hotline bling. And I was like, "Oh my Thank god, he's Drake. gonna he's gonna save my inheritance." And then <laughs> and then my dad died. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. But he bought. So what he did is he bought every single prefix hotline. So he bought Las Vegas hotline, New York hotline, this hotline. He bought like thousands of domain <laughs> names. And it costs like thousands of dollars a year to keep them registered, and oh my basically God. he died, and everything was was fucking worthless. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I forgot why I was starting that story. Your uh, dad oh, being an innovator. so the video, the video. Yeah. So they 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 had this like scam, you know, where they pay. There's a company, and they'll they'll give you an award, and they'll create like a a commercial for you. This, by the way, we should do this. Okay. And we'll do. We can <laughs> okay. So they they present. So basically. They, um, they had the the people's court. You ever hear the people's yeah. court? You remember? You know the guy who stands outside and like asks people yeah. questions. Yeah. So that guy's the host. Okay, that's the guy who's interviewing my father. And William Shatner is the host of the show. Okay, William Shatner's like, and now we're gonna check in with another one of our great recipients of the Keeping America Safe Award, or business innovators coming to you now. And then it turns to that guy from the people's court and he's interviewing my father. And my father's sitting there explaining this asinine business idea. Yeah. And he has a cast on his hand. Yeah. And I remember I saw him after he had his heart attack and he's like, oh, you saw that video? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you saw my hand? And I was like, yeah. He's like, he found out that some guy like tried ripping him off like right before he got on, like the day before they shot that thing and he punched his hand through a wall and broke his hand. So that's why he has a cast on his thing. That was, that was my pop. But he won an award. He's like, thank you very much for this. <laughs> Keeping America Strong Award. <laughs> it's hilar- It's really hilarious. Oh my God. I can't, we are going to find a picture of that and I'm going to put it right here. There's one video right that I'm gonna pay somebody to hunt down. My father was on Letterman when I was a kid on Stupid Petricks. Did you ever hear of Stupid Petricks? No. David, you know who David Letterman yeah. is, right? Letterman used to have a segment on his show called "It Was the Biggest Thing in the World." It was called Stupid Petricks. Oh my god! And they would bring people out with their pets. Oh yes. And oh, they would do pet tricks. Pet tricks. Oh yeah, dude. Thought you were saying something else. I, I did too. I was like, Stupid Petricks. Is that a word? Like, yeah. Like Stupid Patricks. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying. Petrix like metrics, but oh, go on. I'm sorry. I'm, it's okay. I'm from Queens. <laughs> I apologize. No, Stupid that's cool. Petrix. I'm not retarded. Yeah, I am. I'm, <laughs> not yet. But he brought his, my father, you know, he was this big giant gangster Israeli guy. He used to walk around. He had a a, a blue macaw, African macaw. Oh you know those birds? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. ones you see in the restaurant. Yes. And he used to walk around with it on his shoulder like an Israeli pirate. So he brought he brought up the, sh- the pet on Letterman because his... <laughs> Because his bird knew how to open the lock on his cage. And I remember as a kid, I was like, I thought it was the most amazing thing. And, and then like, I was like, 
It's a fucking bird. He picked the lock and he opened it sideways. Like he didn't break a combination lock or something. It's easy to entertain people. <laughs> I was staying over his apartment one weekend with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and you know he would leave me for the entire weekend. He would just like give me like a few hundred dollars and like entertain yourself. And we would just buy like comic books and like toys and shit. And we bought little um, rubber BB guns. And my friend and I were were shooting the the bird from the other side of the apartment. And oh my, my father God. walked in. And my that was my dad's. My dad used to tongue kiss the bird. He said, "Well, Gable, give me a kiss." And then he would stick his tongue out like this. And oh the, my God! I swear to you, Ani. I, I swear to God. And the bird would stick its tongue out, and they would tongue kiss like this. This is my dad. <laughs> so he walks into the apartment, and and my friend and my friend David and I are shooting. BB's at the bird, and yeah. we're like, <gasps> like we're like, oh my god, he's gonna beat the living shit out of us. And he walks over and goes, "What are you doing?" And he takes the gun from my friend David, and he turns around, and he starts shooting the bird. Oh my like, god, my father's insane. Yeah. So yes. Obviously, your friend's name was David. Yeah, that was David. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God! Okay, so we're, we'll fast forward a little bit, yeah. Because I want to do one segment before we're done. But so uh, fast forward to all these things happen to you, then you finally decide to do comedy, right? How did it go the first time? Um, how do you think? Fucking awesome! <laughs> I'm the best comedian in the world. <laughs> what what made question you, is that? What made you want to keep going back, though? The real, the real question was this. The, the thing that, that kept me from comedy was the fear of failure, as it is with everybody. Yeah. Like what, what happens if I get on that stage and I, I bomb? You know, before I even started doing stand-up, I knew my whole life I was going to do stand-up yeah. comedy. But for years and years, I'd have a recurring dream that I'm getting called up to a stage to do stand-up, really? and, I, and I don't remember any of my fucking jokes. Oh my God. And I have no idea what my jokes are. And I, it was the, the big underlying fear of bombing, I think, you know, of like standing on there on a stage. I mean, that's like, that's the world's biggest fear. First yeah. of all, the world's biggest fear is public speaking. Now try being funny while you're public speaking, you know, yeah. and now try failing at it. You know what I'm saying? So for me, the, the, the judging point was, you know, I did my school comedy show, went wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I remember I had gone to my like, third or fourth open mic and I had been going to mics and like performing with like you know I did that thing in the school and I did it you know my show and I was doing too good you know like I was like yo I was like I'm built for this I'm made for this you know I was like you know I expected it yeah of course you know and then I I did a I did a laughing Buddha mic in the city Mm. and I fucking fell flat on my face like like bam boom fucking like as hard as you can crash but it was the greatest bomb in the world for me because I, I was on stage and I, I, I said a joke that had been killing the last fucking 10 times I had said it and no response. And that room, Laughing Buddha, was like the fucking torture chamber. I don't oh. know if you ever heard of that. No. It was this long running mic in a climate lounge in the city where it was just like you would go down there and it was just like depression. <laughs> and I'm dying on the fucking stage and Ani, I swear, like I, f- I felt in that silence in that moment, I looked up and I was like, I was like, I can fucking deal with this. Like, mm. this isn't that bad. You yeah. know, like, you think, like, dying and losing and fucking, that's going to be the most pain. I was like, fuck these people. I was like, they don't even know what funny is. You yeah. know, like, that That was the test. Good. <laughs> that was the test. I needed to hear that. That's that's actually a really helpful. Good. Yeah, thank you. What, are you planning on performing? I don't know. Kevin was trying to convince me otherwise. He's going to hate that I just said that out loud. <laughs> 
Um, it's either I'm gonna do it or I'm gonna not. So I'm gonna stop saying I'm thinking about doing it, and when I do it, I'll I'll let you know. Can I ghost write a couple jokes for you? Yeah, a thousand percent. Okay. I I've been writing this whole time. Cool. Um, well, I'll listen, you know I'll we're out there, miking and performing, and you're always welcome. Thank you. And I think you're hilarious. Thank you. I feel like it might it might be better if I just do it on the low and not tell anyone, and yeah. then all of a sudden incognito and, and shit. Be there and then be funnier. <laughs> Are you gonna wear like glasses and try to hide yourself? Yeah, dude, I'm gonna wear a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a, a fucking bird, okay, and name it Gable, okay, and don't kiss it. Clock Gable, Gable, give me a kiss. <laughs> I, I swear, I could see it. This, and the, a bird's tongue looks like a overgrown, disgusting clitoris. I could just tell you that it's Ew. that's it, it's like this bulby little ugh, a bulbous tongue. Ugh. Disgusting. Ugh. Gable, give me a kiss. <laughs> um, okay. The last thing that we'll do, I uh, do this at the end of every episode. Um, since I've been using this podcast as accountability for me to like keep up with my personal like art and projects and things like that, um, every week I kind of update what I did last mm. week and if I was able to keep myself accountable. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's definitely helpful to manifest and right. keep things. And it's good to punish yourself either. if you're not. Yes. Right. I need to report to someone. Um, so uh, I said that I was going to do another page in my coloring book. I did. Um, I'm designing a coloring book. How is a pumpkin spice? It's not the worst of the three. Really? It's pretty bad, though. Okay. <laughs> um, I did that. I oh you wait you did your coloring books. I am creating, I'm designing a coloring book, oh. an adult coloring book. So you make the picture and then you you put like a number of what they should color it in with. No number, but it's like a you know wireframe sort of oh, like. So you so choose. You, you can color it in. Okay. Um, but I'm designing it. There's a theme to it. And, okay. And there's a whole thing. And my goal uh, when I started this podcast was to get it done by like the holiday season, so that hopefully people would like to purchase oh, is it, it going to be a holiday themed no it's for the new year okay um but that's I'll, I'll, I'll give a little teaser every time i talk about this okay but i'll tell you more about it off the episode okay cool um so i have i've worked on that we're on track and i also made a playlist uh a how it's called house music mm. h-a-u-s music you can follow that and i'll take suggestions um that's just going to be something that i'll keep going for this podcast, you can mm. add it to the li- in in the description of this right. podcast. That's great. Yeah, it's on Spotify. I'll add it maybe on YouTube too. That way, if you need like a pump up playlist before you start podcasting, mm. then uh, you can use that as well. How's break- PodClass going? Oh my God, PodClass is great. If you haven't already checked that out, check out PodClass. We're going to be taking a a holiday break um, shortly, so catch up on all of the episodes. And that's on our Too Much Content YouTube page and on Too Much Content Live on our Instagram. Um, but to get back to the segment, accountability, I like to just ask my guests every time if there's anything that they want to put out there into the world that they want to like do or be accountable for or like a goal that you're working towards that you want to like think about or put out there. No. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. No, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Uh, most people like they'll do something related towards their whatever their creative field, right. but it could be anything. I I um I would just like to stay on course. I just mm-hmm. don't want to fall off the course. That's you important. know, like we're fucking we're doing shows all the time. If you're not coming to my shows, 
Uh, every Thursday, Miked Up NYC, we do a live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple times a month on Saturdays, we have a mixed show, mm-hmm. uh, with poems and uh, live music, um, including this week, but you won't see this until after. Yeah. Um, and the Mac Almanac, and uh, I mean everything. I'm shooting a film in December. I just you I, are. Yeah, I am. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, I can talk about that. What is, I'm actually shooting a film next month and in December. The one in December is a little bit bigger of a film. The, the next month is just a. Uh, it's an independent film from a friend of mine. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm playing a demon. Cool. Yeah, that's fun. And uh, in December, it's a, uh, it's a, a heat like movie. Uh, not heat. Um, the town. You ever seen the town? I love the town. I it's kind of like the town. It's yeah. about gangsters and stuff. Cool. And I play uh, a guy who uh, fucks over the main character in one way or another, and, cool. and we have a little beef. And uh, yeah, cool. Let's just say I won't be in the next film. <laughs> I don't make it to part two. <laughs> well, we'll look out for that. Can you say the name of it yet or no? I, no, if it's okay. I don't think it has even... The working title is not even the right title. Okay, cool. Well, we'll we'll look out. Do you want to plug it, like your Instagram or anything? Yeah, follow me on Joshua... Uh, at Joshua Pallid on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find also my uh, acting page on Facebook at Joshua Pallid. And uh, definitely check out the Mac Almanac. Hell yeah. Every Monday, new episodes. Um, sir, in the producer chair, do you want to plug anything? Uh, you can follow me at It's Irish O'Neill. Uh, follow my podcast, the STC Podcast. And uh, yeah, too much content. Dot live. Uh, thank you for standing in for Laura today. And you guys can follow me at Ani underscore Moosh on Instagram and Twitter. Follow my art at by underscore Moosh on Instagram. And check out my Etsy store, guys. By Moosh. Um, my website and all that. If you're getting ready for the holiday season and you need gift ideas or gifts for anyone, I got you covered. Holiday decor, etc., all that fun stuff at good prices, and it's all handmade by me. So, thanks. <laughs> Check it out. Check out the Mac Almanac. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you, Josh. honey. You rock. Later, hoes. See you next week. <laughs>